You're listening to the Mindfulpreneur Podcast, where I help entrepreneurs who are in the early stages of building their brands learn how to leverage their brand for business growth. My name's Alyssa Zwanek, and over the last five years, I've supported over 150 businesses build, launch, and grow their brands through my agency, Nomad Creative. My mission is simple. I want to empower people like you to fuel your brand's growth through marketing, branding, and social media initiatives. And I'm going to do that by sharing strategic, actionable steps and the stories of others who have successfully done just that. Join me weekly so I can help you take your brand to the next level. Welcome to the Mindfulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Zwana. Let's get into it. Today, we're joined by an extraordinary talent, Kim Jaingra, who danced her way from Montreal's cobblestone streets to the glimmering stages of Los Angeles. Her narrative is a testament to the power of hard work as we explore her evolution into a multifaceted force within the dance world, encompassing choreography, public speaking, education, and television. Kim has worked with artists including Beyonce, Jennifer Lopez, Justin Timberlake, Ariana Grande, Dua Lipa, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera on some of the world's biggest stages like the Super Bowl halftime show, the Grammys, the MTV Movie Awards, The Voice, Ellen DeGeneres, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, X Factor, and Coachella. Guys, the list goes on. Her experience is incredible. The last 20 years taught her all about cultivating genuine relationships with industry powerhouses, the significance of reputation, and the essentials of professionalism, whether you're a performer or a business owner. Kim's newest project is an online mentorship program that distills her 20 years of experience into actionable wisdom for dancers. So keep listening to learn how she's leveraged her epic career to build a successful business. On this episode, we talk about some fun behind the scenes moments Kim has shared with the celebrities she's worked with. And of course, many important topics such as building your personal brand through networking, growing a successful freelance career, embracing entrepreneurship and uncertainty, as well as negotiating contracts and career transitions. This episode is a tribute to resilience, adaptability, and the strength found in self-love, offering encouragement and guidance to anyone with the courage to follow their dreams. I absolutely loved getting to know more about Kim, and I hope you do too. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs. It's actually been so much fun connecting with people from all walks of life. I know you don't know me, but I feel like I know you. (laughs) Um, I've been following your journey for quite some time. Being from Montreal myself, um, we went to the same dance studio growing up. So like you're a few years older than I am. I remember looking up to you being like, wow, like she's so amazing. Like all the dance crews you were a part of. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk about everything and anything. You have such an extensive resume and portfolio. Over the last 20 years, you've been not only a professional dancer, but a choreographer, a public speaker, educator, TV personality. The list goes on in front of the camera, behind the camera. I can list, guys, the celebrities, insane, insane. (laughs) The celebrities you've worked with, the stages you've been on, the news outlets, like I don't even know where to begin. So you're going to start and tell us how the hell did you get here? 
Uh, how much time do we have? No, I'm kidding. Um, it's been such a great journey and, and really enjoying all of it, the ups and also the downs, to be honest. So I actually um, started, so I'm a professional dancer would be my main title. Yeah. And um, I started dancing later than most. I was 15 when I got into training just because mm. financially we couldn't afford it before then, but I still loved it. I grew up on, you know, watching Dirty Dancing and all these yeah. movies and, uh, ho- you know, hoping to do that one day, even though I didn't know it was an actual career path that you could take um so I did it for fun and enjoyed it and then it got more and more serious as it went I was like okay this is something what is this and I remember I think I was like late teenager maybe 18 19 20 discovering like oh now I have some role models I'm I'm, Mm. I'm meeting you know dancers from across Canada who have moved to LA who are dancing with the Michael Jackson Janet Jackson I'm like okay this is actually possible you could do this so yeah so I decided to quit university halfway through the program of studying no physical therapy. And uh, what a yeah. different path. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I thought, you know, physical therapy, it's the body. And yeah. It's just, you're not doing the same thing at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, Probably good knowledge for you to have had, though, because of like all the injuries and stuff dancers. Incur. Yes. Agreed with you, but my, my brain, my memory sucks. Okay. <laughs> so Maybe unfortunately, not. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately when people are like, oh, so you know a little bit, can you help me? I'm like, I cannot. I'm so sorry. <laughs> forgot it all. Yes. Forgot it all. But anyways, I quit university, jumped into dance, you know, both feet into that and um, never looked back. It's been such a, a great journey. I started, I was in Montreal, so build my career here, then throughout Canada so mm-hmm. you think you can dance Canada was definitely a big diving board for me to then move to the States a year and some later. I was 26 or so at that point in Los Angeles. So again, later than most auditioning with like 17 year olds and like, really? Oh, cool. I'm, I'm a grandma here. Like, what no am I way. doing? <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't, I didn't even realize. Is that like, what's the prime for a dancer? There, I mean, it definitely is changing. I feel like there was a stigma around that. And like when I was younger, you know, people would be like, so what, what, what will you be doing in your 30s? You know, mm. you, you're done dancing, right? That's it. It's like yeah. a professional athlete that has to quit early. And there's some of it-ish depending on what you want to do exactly with dance. But to be honest, I mean, I'm sure you can think of a bunch of movies you've watched or TV series where they break out into a flash mob and there's a grandma in the scene or, you know what I mean? Like we need dancers of all ages for all different types of projects. So there is no limit I would say, but of course, you know, in your twenties, you have the energy. And I think you also have like the, the green side of thing, like the naive, like, Mm. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just going to jump in and see what happens versus as I'm getting older, I'm definitely analyzing things more and I'm like, is it worth it? Is it not? You know? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. It's kind of like dating too. Like the older you get, the more you realize like what's working, what isn't, and you get to be a little bit more nitpicky. So you have this like extra level of experience and knowledge just in life that supports you in your career also, right? Totally. Like getting to know yourself better. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, you know, it's a lifetime discovery Mm -hmm. thing, but uh, I'm so glad I did move there when I was 26, not you know knowing myself better and also have coming along with that experience of having done the things that I shouldn't have done or like the whoopsies, I was late or, you know, the mistakes in my career back yeah. home yeah. where I, people knew me a bit more. Oh, and- even earlier. Okay, cool. So you feel yeah. like you got a lot of those lessons even before you moved to LA. So when you got to LA, you felt yes. a little bit more like, I know what I'm doing. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. what I teach. I have a mentorship program and that's what I teach my, my dancers all the time. I know we are eager and you just want to move to the London and in New York, LA, like the big cities to, to get some work. But it, it's precious. The pressure, sorry, it's the time you have at home is precious. Like yeah. this is where it's like you a stepping learn. stone. Yeah. Because yeah. once I'm in LA, I'm competing with 
the best of the best quotation marks in every country coming into LA wanting the exact same thing I want. So it's a different, you know, ball field for sure. Yeah. So like walk me through it. You're, you said 26 years old, yeah. mm-hmm. moving Montreal, leaving your family, leaving your friends, moving to a city that you're unfamiliar with. First off, like what is it that really pushed you to go there to begin with? And also what was that first year, especially like, cause it must've been scary as hell. <laughs> yes. Yes. Leading up to it too, of course, you're like doubting. Are you sure? Are you not? I remember having yeah. this conversation with my mom and she compared it to having kids. She's like, you're never really ready, but you're going to figure it out. You just have the mm-hmm. kids and you figure it out. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I definitely was well surrounded and supported, which was huge for me. I'm always like, you know, if you can pick the people that you make your family, that'll make the world of a difference with what Mm -hmm. you're trying to accomplish. So that was helpful. So I moved to Los Angeles, kind of starting back at zero, um, reputation wise and building my career wise. Uh, but I did move there when I was, uh, I was, we're best friends now, but we were dating back then. His name is Vincent. He's my best friend. So as a couple, we're moving to LA together. And then there was a few other dancers from, so you think you can dance mm, at Canada going at the same time, going at the same time. So we had like our little hashtag team Canada. Oh yeah. I love su- that. Yeah. Supporting one another. So that definitely helped. Uh, but it was tough. It's just, it's a whole in- different industry. You're here in Montreal and you're barely auditioning. You're just getting the direct call. Like, Hey Kim, are you available for this? Yep. Great. Like there, there isn't that, uh, reality check of, oh my gosh, I arrive at an audition in Los Angeles and there's 800 girls are looking for two. Mm. And that's in your face. You arrive in the room and you're looking left and right and you're like, oh, this is my competition. This is so real all of a sudden. And like, how do I get past that? Yeah. So, uh, so it was uh, interesting of a switch, but, but the reason why you're asking why, to be honest, was I didn't want any regrets. I didn't mm. want any what ifs. There was something pulling you. There was something pulling me. I kept thinking Beyonce was a huge goal of mine. Like if you had to ask me when I was younger, I, I grew up on Destiny's Child and I just like- Wait, the fact that that was like a goal of yours and you actually <laughs> achieved it. I thought it was like, oh yeah, I just got the Beyonce gig. Like that was mm. that was a dream and it freaking came true. Yeah, it was. I, I was actually wow. still in Montreal. I think I'm, I, I must have been 21 or 22 years old when I auditioned for her for the first time. I just jumped no on, a, on a bus to New York, heard there was an open call where anybody could show up and, and audition. I did it, didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Went back home. All right, well, rolling up my sleeves. What do I need to do? Let's keep training. <laughs> and then years later, I think in between like from that first audition all the way to actually booking a job with her like a good six and a half years passed by. So definitely it wasn't just like out of fluke. It was on my vision board. (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. And so like for people who aren't aware, you performed with her at the Super Bowl. I don't know which one it was. That was in 2013. 2013. When when she did have Destiny's Child with her. Okay. Yeah. So that was my first job with her. And then right away after that, we went on tour um, and we did the Mrs. Carter uh, world tour. (laughs) <laughs> and then on the run with her and Jay-Z. And yeah. then I was actually offered her next tour, but I decided to decline it. Really? Yeah. Just Why? Um, in a space in my life where you never know, right? You can't, you can't plan your schedule around like, oh, this album will come out in February. Mm-hmm. Or you barely have that information. So you kind of just go about your day and your career. And it so happens that during that time, me and a friend of mine were building a company called You Got This Girl. That was back mm. in 2015, I want to say. Um, and we're just starting out. It's our baby. We're figuring out the logo and the mission. And, the, you know, it's just mm-hmm. so exciting. And it's a thing that is ours. Yeah. And then that's when I got the email. Hey, Kim, you have like tonight to decide. 
Do you want tonight? To yeah, it was basically. Oh, they that. don't give you time. <laughs> no, it's quick, and they know there's a lineup of people who will say heck yes. So, yeah. um, so I was a, the most difficult, heartbreaking two three hours of my life. I was about to hop on a flight to Switzerland, so that's a good twelve hour flight, I think, from LA. And I wasn't. I was going to be out of reach, so I needed to decide like now before I wow. hopped on that plane. Um, so it was tough, but I, you know, kind of blocked out the outside voices and tuned into what felt right at the moment, what I was aligned with. And I decided to write a, like a letter to give to the assistant to give to Beyonce for her to know that I dearly love her and I hope we get to work together again. But wow. th- this time I needed to, you know, complete and finish this. You got this girl company that we wanted to do to help young girls dream big. So that's yeah. You've been involved heart. in a lot of different initiatives, which is which is so nice to see you kind of like giving back and caring. Obviously, like you've done so much for yourself, but to see you also wanting to give back and support in that way is really cool. That must have been really hard for you to say no, honestly. Like that's insane. But the fact that you did it and that was like your one of your biggest dreams to to go on tour with her. Did you yeah. get to like like meet her and become friends, quote unquote, with her? Like you had a relationship. Uh, I'm not a deep one. Like, I mean, it's, this is a big machine, right? (laughs) But she's so involved. So I'm going to say this, I don't have her phone number. Like I do with other artists, you know, let me just text Nick Jonas or let me, whatever, but she's some, she's top, top notch. (laughs) And and she has a family, you know, Yeah, she's got to protect him. Exactly. And, and I definitely respect that, but she Mm -hmm. is always there. She's in rehearsal. She's watching, she's getting up, dancing with us. She'll, she's the one that shows up first. And when we're in production rehearsals, which means we're the stage is built. The lightings mm-hmm. are coming together. The, the screens, the, everything is there. We're not gone on tour yet, but she's part of everything. She'll show up before us and be there until three, four o'clock in the morning, giving her advice, her input on everything. Like you could tell she's very much involved and there's no right or wrong. Like I work with artists who just show up, like, tell me what to do, do my thing. Boom, bam, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that they want to be involved, you know, and, and work with, with their projects. But she is very much hands-on, like, I want to see what's happening. I've got my opinion and, and it's very inspiring. You watch her go and you're like, okay, I have no excuses. I shouldn't be complaining about being tired or, or just whatever exhausted or can't do it anymore. Where's my energy? Like if she can step it up, then we can. We actually, we would get those notes sometimes in on our dressing room door. (laughs) Like Beyonce is out dancing you ladies, like step up. (laughs) Um, I love it. I mean, she is talented. So and yeah. like iconic. Um, but yeah, no, I remember even watching like the JLo documentary. I know you worked with her as well. And yes. just seeing that kind of like how involved she was and wanted to make sure everything was perfect. And she herself, you know, has a background in dance. So that was really cool to see. I could kind of imagine the experience being somewhat similar, right? Absolutely. It, it's like there's, you don't question why are they at the top of their game? You know, yeah. you think of the the JLo's, the Justin Timberlake, the, you know, they, they're mm-hmm. just... They're so involved. They're, they love what they do. They do it for the right reasons. Um, they're just, they're, I would say perfectionists. I won't talk for them, yeah. but from what I've, I've seen, it's yeah. like, yeah, we're not going to do this halfway. We're going to go all the way with it. Okay. Rapid fire quickly. And then we're going to move on top three artists or favorite, I would say experiences you've had with artists so far. 
Oh, it's it's <laughs> it's so tough. I I don't like picking favorites, but no, do it, <laughs> uh, do it. I mean, Beyonce and J Lo were definitely up there. So is Christina Aguilera. With with when I think back of me as a young girl, like watching Much Music or Music Plus mm. and recording, you know, the six at six music videos. Like those are the ladies that I would look at. I really enjoyed Pussycat Dolls as well, and I got to work with Nicole Scherzinger for years, and she's incredible. Megan Trainer. Uh, wasn't someone I could look up to when I was younger. She wasn't out there yet, but my experience with her and her family, incredible. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely some tops there. The more I get to work with her, like lengthwise, of course, the yeah, that's the other is, thing too. too. Yeah, you get to know them on a different level. So you have a different kind of attachment, I guess, to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to now you being in LA, you going to these auditions, bazillions of women, men, whoever at this point, you know, auditioning for these roles. How were you able to differentiate yourself and get yourself to stand out? Because, you know, as we've just spoken about, you've had really cool experiences, a a really, really impressive resume, but you have to start somewhere and anyone has to start anywhere. It's really kind of like building a personal brand, you know? Yes. And of course, I'm sure you had an agent to support you, but like, did you guys have some kind of strategy? Was there, you know, a certain event that propelled you or a certain performance that propelled you? Like what really got things going and how were you able to, to get yourself to stand out amongst those thousands of dancers? Oh, I love this question. And I think it can be in parallel to any type of career personally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause and I'll say this often when I have, you know, having an agency, having representation is a great goal. It's a great milestone. And, you know, you have got a team and someone in your corner to help you and push for you. Of course, they are the ones who are getting most of the calls, like production needing this, artists needing that. But there's so much work that the artist needs to do themselves. So when it comes to branding yourself and networking, like those tools, mm-hmm. it's like the train is passing you by. It will pass you by. You decide to jump on it or not. Yeah. And I think you lose if you don't. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, Instagram wasn't a thing when I first built my career out there. When I first moved out there, it was brand new. Um, so we didn't use it much. Uh, but in-person networking, showing up to events, being a part of the community, making sure I introduced myself, you know, building these authentic relationships. It's so word of mouth in terms of, of, of industry. It's yeah. really about getting into the classes, into the events and, and showing your face When it comes to my brand, to be honest, I don't know that I necessarily intentionally was like, okay, I'm going to be the white girl with the red hair that dances in heels or it kind of, I I went towards what I liked doing and all of a sudden people started casting me in that position. Mm. And then, and then it was like a clear, oh, she is that girl. She is that person that falls into this. And, and, and it, I feel like an amplified the brand that I wasn't going after necessarily, but I was like, Hey, I, if it's the bill, so let's, let's do it. You know? Yeah. Uh, nowadays I think with tools like Instagram, you get to sit back and be like, what do I want to showcase? Mm-hmm. What am I putting in the forefront? Not just physically and what casting I'm a part of, but personality wise and, you know, work ethic and strengths and weaknesses and like all of that. So it's definitely yeah. something to, to put energy into because it's the whole package. When you're hired as a dancer, you are an extension of the choreographer who hired you. You're an extension of the artist. Let's say we talk about world tours. You're living on a bus with people. You're in a small bubble, a family that you didn't get to choose. So it's not just about your talent at this point. Is Are you fun to work with? Do you have a good energy, good attitude? Are you professional? Yeah. <laughs> um, so all of that was something I really aimed uh, to shine a light on as soon as I got to LA. 
And I think it's helpful as a Canadian or anyone else, like as an alien coming into the States. <laughs> Is um, that what they call you? <laughs> that's what they call us. Yes, we're aliens. <laughs> um, we, uh, because we're on an one work visa, let's say, to dance, I don't get to work at a restaurant part-time or a coffee shop. Or, okay, I was going to ask if there was like any kind of secondary income to support you. No, no money's coming in unless it's dance-related or else it's mm-hmm. illegal. I mean, you could do whatever you want, but right. I was you know, <laughs> being safe and I, I didn't jump onto anything else. So all of a sudden, I've got this fire up my butt. Like, Kim, you, you can't just pick and choose like an American next to you. Like your new friend is like, oh, I'm going to skip this audition. It's not my thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to every audition possible. Back then, there was no Lyft or, or Uber or anything like that. Like taxis weren't around all the time. Buses weren't great in Los Angeles. But you are you have your map. You're trying to figure out. I feel like I'm dating myself so much. <laughs> but but you're, you're trying to figure it out. You know, you get a message from your, your agency. They're like, okay, now you have a second casting or a second audition across the city. Will you make it? Yes, I'm going to do all that I can. Like just wow, pushing yeah. through and saying yes to every type of opportunity as possible. Uh, even if it, it almost meant, sorry go ahead no no I was just gonna say even if it meant me you know putting on a costume and looking crazy I was like I have no choice I this is my only option of making a living so I'm just mm-hmm. gonna push for it <laughs> like I was gonna say it almost sounds like stereotypical like how you know someone chasing a dance career or an acting career is portrayed in movies yeah but like <laughs> it's it's actually it's not it's just the truth. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like the fact that you actually experienced that and had to run from one end of the city to the next. And that's insane. Like what's the most auditions you've had in one day out of curiosity? Probably not that much, to be honest. Um, How long do they last? That's like, it. They're, they're often sometimes a, it's a whole day thing. Yeah. yeah depending yeah. on what type, but I've had some castings. So castings, it's a bit smaller and it's throughout the day. You'll get your specific time. So okay, like, okay. Oh, Kim, you're coming in at two 30. That's when they're seeing you. So I've had maybe three or four in a day possibly. Hmm. Uh, but it's, it was more so the transportation and then, yeah, you yeah. know, running back and forth, changing in the middle of the street and changing into the new, you know, oh, I love that. whatever <laughs> look they wanted. Uh, so the things we go through, but you know what, it helped me build like my understanding and tools towards like dealing with stress and pressure and competition. Mm. Cause the more you do it, the more you understand yourself and others and how to handle all of that to really mm-hmm. nail that next audition. And going back to like the networking portion, do you feel like, like have you befriended choreographers, producers, things like that? And then they are the ones who end up calling you or calling your agent directly. Cause they're like, Hey, we've worked with her. We think she'd be great. And yeah. like you said, it's like, who you know a little exactly, bit. Exactly. a lot of it. <laughs> one of the first, yeah, a lot of the bit. Uh, one of the first questions my agency, my new agent uh, asked me when I first met with them was who knows you? Not who do you know? Who knows you by name? Which choreographer could say, oh yeah, Kim, she's come to my class or I've worked with her. So mm-hmm. you could see that that's really important. Of course, if let's say, so the way it works is an agent will get a breakdown uh, or a choreographer will call in and say, you know, show me your top 20 female dancers from this height to this height, this ethnicity that do these dance styles. <laughs> and they might represent 300 people. And out of those 300, maybe a hundred fit the bill for what they just described, but they have to show their top 20. So they're probably going to show the ones who already have a relationship, not to waste that choreographer's time. Like, let right. me give you people that I know you love already. Yeah. So pick from those 20, you know? So it is super important. Even before moving to LA, I did a few trips back and forth to go and train and just start mingling and networking and creating these connections. Yeah, that's cool. It's making me even think like back in business, you said 
talent obviously has something to do with it. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't be booking this if you weren't great at dancing, right? right. Just like in, in my business, people would not be hiring Nomad Creative if we, were, if we weren't great at design, if we weren't great at marketing. Right. But at the end of the day, what I find and what I've noticed over the years in running my business is that people choose to work with us as people because mm-hmm. they resonate with our values, with the way that we communicate, with like our overall mission. And so I feel like that really like transpires into any career that you're doing. It's like, yes, you could be like one of the most talented and best people, but at the end of the day, like we are all human and it's very much like, I don't want to say it's a, it's a game, but it is kind of a people's game. Like you have to be amongst others and like respect them, you know, lead with your values and also like move with integrity too. Like, I love that as much as you would have loved to work with Beyonce, you decided, you know what, this is not in line with where I want to go right now. As much as I would love this opportunity, this is what feels right for me. Mm -hmm. And it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes because you might look back and think what if, and this and that, but as long as you follow your instinct in any move that you're making throughout your career, your business, whatever it may be, I think like you can't really go wrong, you know, like as long as you know that felt good at the time. I agree. Yeah. And, and I, and it's, it's hopeful to think that way. It's nice to see yeah. that humankind is, is looking for humans to work with. And I, I feel like, especially also getting, I don't know, again, going back to getting older and pickier, maybe not as green and naive. I, this is one of my top priority. Like, who am I working with? Am I going to have fun yeah. and enjoy it? Or am I going to be stressed out because the person's either rude or late or, and all of that really matters. And so, mm-hmm. and it's a small business and small circle. So once you're in and you're a professional dancer, word will get around if you are maybe not the best to work with for certain yeah. reasons. So don't blow it. Don't blow it. <laughs> also just be a good person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Okay. So, I mean, throughout all these years, it's 20 years. You were in LA for 10? Yes. Right? In LA for 10 years, dance career, 20 years. Now you're back in Montreal Mm -hmm. and you're starting kind of like your own little business, right? So you're taking everything that you've learned throughout your career and launching this course. Tell us a little bit about that course and what it looks like and how you basically took everything that you learned as a dancer and now have turned into like entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been having a lot of fun. So it's actually been something that, that was on my mind for quite some time with people always asking me this similar questions. How do I find auditions, Kim? Mm-hmm. How, you know, what is a good portfolio? Do I need representation at what age? Like all these things in relation to a career in dance, not so much like how do I do the Macarena? Like it wasn't like, yeah. you know, dance move related. It yes, was yes, yeah. career related. Career related. Yeah. Yes. And then the pandemic happens. All of the sh- jobs and shows I had lined up in LA mm. were canceled. So my husband and I decided to go back home to Montreal. My sister was pregnant. We just wanted to be around family. We didn't know what to expect. So let's just be in a safe space, a space back home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had all this time on my on my hands. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is the time. Let me start building some sort of mentorship program and my yes, website. And, and um, I'm definitely hands-on and I just love teaching myself and like doing everything myself, which is probably not the smartest because that's when you get drained and you should have, you know, a, a team. It's important. It's important to know from the beginning. I always say like, it's nice in the beginning to kind of do it all or at least dabble in it all and have an understanding. And then you can eventually, you know, get the team to support you when you have the resources. But I think that's a benefit that I have in my business is that I've technically done every single person's job. So anyone who works for me, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You You can break it down for them. You can hold their hand. You can, yeah. 
that's wonderful. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so I taught myself how to do a website and this and that, and I put this program together. And so it has It's beautiful, evolved. by the way. Your website's Thank very you. nice. To Thank fa- you. The fact that you did that yourself, like... I think it's just a creativity in you. You did a good job. Thank you. I appreciate it, especially from a design point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it has evolved in the past few years and now it's called the Professional Dance Career Course. It's fully online so that I can serve dancers from all around the world because it used Mm -hmm. to be you know, either semi in person and whatnot. So now to just expand and help as as many people as possible, it's online. And uh, and yeah, it's a bunch of modules and I've, I've, you know, bonuses and, and, we talk about all types of subjects and and topics just to, for me to share all my strategies, my step-by-step, my practices, everything that has worked and what has not worked too. So they can learn from my mistakes and, and, and keep growing. And it's basically a way for them to get a concrete plan of action to know what to do next to get to their next step, because it can't just be like, here is the way to do it. There isn't one way. It all depends on who you are, what you have to offer and where you're heading, what city you want to live in, like all of that. So I'll give you the strategies and the ways to create your own plan of action for you to use time and time again. So Mm -hmm. it's been- I'm sure like checklists and stuff too, right? Like things that people maybe don't know where to go or what to ask kind of thing to give them that, that roadmap. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's been, yeah, it's been such a, such a fun adventure. It's lovely to be able to meet all these dancers and to kind of relive and understand where they are at is where I once was and to be help them as, to help them as much as as possible. Yeah. I love that you weren't like, I've aged out and this is it in my (laughs) career. You're like, you know what? Like this is, you're still, you're still working in the industry. And I love that you also took an opportunity in an economy that was very challenging because Anyone could have just sat at home and been like, well, this sucks. I'm not going to do anything and, and you know, just wait for it all to blow over. But the fact that you actually took advantage and were like, you know what? This is an opportunity. Like, I love that for you. Thank um, you. And I think you're doing a really great job. Honestly, everything looks amazing. It, I, I like read through even like the little rubric on your website. And mm-hmm. it's not for me because I'm not trying to be a professional dancer. Yeah. But if I was, I'd be like, hell yes, like this is something I need. So if you're listening and this is something down your alley, definitely go and <laughs> check out her website because there is some interesting information there. And I'm sure you'll learn a lot from Kim. Um, so from a, from your brand, personal brand perspective and building that, of course, you have all of your lessons through your dancing career that you're sharing in this course, but what have you learned so far in actually in this transition and starting this business? Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. People say, you know, you leave your nine to five to work 80 hours 24 seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I am loving it. You know what? It's so different from what I used to have, which could be good or bad. So, um, I used to depend on that email, on the agent letting me know there's an audition, on the choreographer calling me. Like I literally just could not plan. And I think my first vacation I I planned for myself, I was 30. So before then it was like, don't want to leave the city. What if I miss something? Uh, You know, okay, let me cancel this because I just got the call and I want to jump on this opportunity. Um, So very much- Not that you weren't traveling though while doing the gigs, you know? So it's not like you were just like sitting in LA the whole time. (laughs) Totally. No, no. So you still got the travel bug out of your system yeah. a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like I'm window shopping because you're in there like yeah. half oh, a day. I like that. That's a good, that's a good yeah. way to put it. I'm like, ooh, would I come back to Italy? Yes. Would I? <laughs> you know? Perfect. Um, but anyway, so my own vacation where I'm not dancing, I'm not yeah. feeling guilty that I'm spending money on something else than dancing, that took a while. And so now I'm at the opposite end where I'm not dependent on at the mercy of this industry at all. I get to be my own boss. I get to decide if I open up the doors to my program 
two times a year, five times a year? Like, you know, how many privates do I want to do? So that's really exciting, but also really scary because for the first time ever, I'm putting so much energy and, you know, into the marketing, the branding, the this, the cold calls, like the just putting all that energy to, to sell what I have to sell my services. Um, and you just, you're not sure you'll, there'll be a return. You know, I'm mm-hmm. opening my doors soon and there could be zero people registering. And so it's the first time in my life where usually when I'm hired, I'm hired and I know money's coming in and I'll be okay. Yeah. This time it's like, Hey, you could be pouring all of that into something and you get zero back. Um, which I highly I'm, doubt that, by the yeah, way, <laughs> I, I'm all about manifesting. So I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say I'm getting a bunch of new students <laughs> It's coming in abundance, honey. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But, uh, so that's been the biggest difference, but with that comes me creating my own schedule, which yeah. I've been in love with my mm-hmm. husband. We have 11 years apart, so he's older than me. And he, I feel like he reached sort of that stage a few years ago. He's financially independent. And he's sort of semi-retired kind of, he's in the industry as well, but in music, he's a music cool. producer and guitarist. And so he um, will take jobs here and there to help out some friends, but not doesn't necessarily need to, and is way more flexible. And that has had a positive impact on, on me realizing like, you know what, let me see what would my ideal schedule look like? Yeah. And so again, going back to building something that's online where I can work from home and I can work from my van, van lifing with my husband in the middle of Utah somewhere in a park or yeah. whatever has been really, really cool. And a little scary at the same time too, because again, it goes back to that freedom you have. Mm-hmm. What are the boundaries? All of a sudden, I'm not being told what to do. I have to decide. Am I making the right decisions? You know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've been loving it. But it, it's interesting though, because I'm even thinking where I feel sometimes like the nerves when you work for yourself. You have your own company. It's like there's a certain element that relies on you and your presence in order for it to be sustained. And I'm now in the process of building the business in a way that doesn't require me to be present in the day to day, um, you know, activities. And so now my focus is a little bit more on like sales and scaling and making sure that shit happens without me. But at the same time, it's like, if I'm not here to like close the deal and, and get the client, then I won't have clients, you know? So it's like, that's the last little piece of the puzzle. But the one piece that's always like, okay, so if I don't do that, what would be really nice is like having a typical paycheck, but you didn't even have that typical paycheck. So even your other career, like what you had before- like there, there was still that like inconsistency in how frequently you're going to work when that next check is going to come. Like, what was that dealing with that? Because yes, you have all the freedom now, but I feel like there's still a similar level in the energy of like how you're receiving money now versus then, because yeah. it's not guaranteed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's, a, I have a full module in my program on talking finances because I feel yeah. like this this doesn't come up enough anyways not in my department not in dance and I I thankfully I think it comes from you know financially seeing my mom struggle when she was younger and you know having the three different jobs and but she was always solution-based I, I, she wasn't a complainer I didn't feel like you know some of the things she would tell me later on in life, like, did you remember for a month long, we had no electricity, we had to plug in our microwave. I (laughs) I was like, what? No way. Like she did a great job of covering and just an excellent mother. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I think watching her, I've always leaned towards the, let me save money. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend. I'm not a spender. I don't love shopping necessarily. Um, I'm that person that again, still at 38 years old will make a lunch. If I have a full day rehearsal, instead of go spend money, 
you know, at lunchtime with friends yeah. or whatever. So it's little things here and there that I think were just instilled in me uh, from a young age that helped me stay the course and not have to freak out throughout my career as a dancer. So I would have, you know, dancers left and right who I work with. So I know how much they're sort of making because we're making, we're on the same jobs. Mm -hmm. They'd call me and be like, Kim, did you receive, you know, this paycheck from last month's job? Oh no, not yet. You No, And I really needed to pay rent. Like I I won't make it. I'm thinking, wait, I I know how much money you could be having right now because we've we've been on the same jobs. Now you're telling me there's nothing left. And that would scare me and I scare me like I don't want to be, I don't want to fall into that. And also how can I help others not have to live like that? Cause that yeah. sucks and that's stressful. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, I've, I've been pretty, you know, on it with budgeting and being careful, putting money aside, thinking of retirement. Cause we have no retirement plan per se as dancers. Yeah. Our, our unions are shit when it comes to that, to be honest, like, even though I've Because you don't have any, like, RSP situation, like, you have to we, set all that up yourself, right? Yes, like, as exactly. if you're, like, a freelancer, right? Exactly, okay. yeah. And, you know, in the States, there is no 401k or anything like that. And so mm-hmm. you're really just putting your own money into it. So the, the one thing that we would have is being a part of a union as an artist, they take a little bit of it from your paycheck every time, but you don't have access to it unless you make a certain amount of money per year for 10 years straight. Anyways, all that to say, I will never see that money in the States. Really? And yeah. And in Canada, it's, it's a joke. I think I checked recently and it was going to say, it was saying if I was to now retire at this age, I would get, I think $700 a year. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. It's so sad. I'm laughing, but it's that's laugh- like my groceries in a week now. <laughs> right? It's laughable at this point. So, um so it's important to be on it, to be super organized and I know it's not the funnest topic, but to talk about it and not it's, Im- have- it's so important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just so I think all of that setup has brought me to a time now where I don't feel as stressed if maybe one of my launches doesn't do as well as the one prior. Just yeah, because I've been sense. good at saving. Yeah, you you uh, brought up briefly that like you knew how much more or less people were making because you were on similar contracts. Did it work that everyone who was hired for a project got paid the same, or did you have like tiers based on experience where your agents able to negotiate? What did right. that look like? There, so there's no tiers per se. I mean, you might be like, let's say you hold the title of dance captain, you'll be paid extra. Like if you have an extra role uh, as part of the team, you're like leading the group. Yes, kind of? exactly, okay. and making decisions or cleaning up the choreography when the choreographer is not there, so you have mm-hmm. extra ex- extra tasks. Uh, mm-hmm. But in general, we'll probably be paid somewhat the same we all come from different agencies so we I prefer to talk I'm all about let's talk like what are you getting what have you been told like let's push and let's go get something really extra oh I love Uh, that that's cool yeah you guys are Uh, open with that because not everyone like not everyone freak out about money yeah yeah and it's okay I respect that as well if you're like you know what I'm gonna do my thing I don't want to share that's all good but I think as a group we have we're way stronger and we can put our foot down and be like hey this doesn't make sense. I remember one of my first tours um, ended up talking. It was half and half. Two of us were from one agency, the other two from the other. And we were getting paid the same, but the agent were one agency was taking 20%. The other was taking 10. That's a huge difference. Yes. So I'm glad we talked because we brought it up to the agencies and they were like, okay, you know what? Yeah, we, we get it. We'll bring it down to 10% as well. Is so that standard, like people will charge, I've heard 10%, like that sounds normal, but 20. 
Yeah. It depends wow. where. I'd say 10 and 15 in the States, between 10 and 15. Uh, but in Canada, it's a bit more. It's 15, 20. And then it could be even more if you're more into the, the commercials or public speaking and like de- depending on the roles that you're doing. Okay. Um, they, they, it's not like the agency itself. It's the role. It's the role. It's the okay. role in the, like the industry that you're in. Yeah. Hmm, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's room for negotiation, but at the end of the day, we're, we're still, you know, we'll go on tour and you ask the, you know, the, the band or crew, like everyone involved, how much they're making. It's always way more than the dancers. The dancers will be the one who are asked, like, can you pair up in rooms? And you're like, I'm not 12. Like I'm also an adult. And I know that what we do is fun looking, but I, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Yes. It's a lot of work and I don't want to be sharing. I'm an adult. I don't want to share a room with another adult. Like what? No, no. So that tends to happen quite a bit. So again, it's like about putting your foot down, talking with your agency, talking to the other dancers and, and, you know, just locking the elbows and not accepting what you don't like as a condition, which is scary. Cause of course I'm saying this and it's so easy to do, but no, cause then am I going to be blacklisted? Are they going to just, you know, cancel all of us? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the way that I see it is like, it won't hurt to ask and you don't know until you ask really. So, I mean, if you do it in the right way, politely, respectfully, and you have a rationale behind like your question, great. For I think worst case scenario, it's like they just say no, and then you either accept their conditions or you don't, you know, I but agree. I also don't know like how cutthroat it is in LA. They might just be like, oh, well, she wants more too bad onto the next one. <laughs> I don't know if they work like that, but at least from what I'm used to dealing with, like usually people are pretty kind of understanding and willing to be flexible, you know? Yeah. And that's where uh, having that, that uh, relationship with your agency is important because mm-hmm. they're basically, they're doing the negotiation for you most of the times and they're the one, they're the middleman. So um, you want to make sure that you love their approach and the way they talk to people. And uh, oh, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm they're, repre- they're kind of like an extension of you, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, now that I'm back in Montreal, I have a new agency here. I, I didn't back then, but now, you know, Things have shifted a little bit in the industry and with what I want to be doing. And, you know, that's what I, one of the princi- principal things why I fell in love with that agency, talking to my agent. Uh, she's just such a lovely woman, bubbly, and like, and I've seen her negotiate or be, I'll be on the call and she's talking and she's just so wonderful. You're like, oh, I want to say yes to you. I want to yeah. work with you. I want to, you know, there's, <laughs> that's a good no, thing, yeah. there's no disrespect there. So there, there's a way to go about it. And you just have to trust the team that you are deciding, deciding to hire to represent you. Yeah. Really cool. This has been so fun. I want to know what's <laughs> next. I want to know what's next on the radar. You're back in Montreal now. Yeah. You have your, your business moving. Are you like, is this it for dance? Are you going to go back to LA for some gigs? Like what's the plan? So, you know what? I'd say that I'm in a place I'm like transitioning and okay. there are a few question marks and I'm okay. rolling with it and I'm just staying curious and I'm trusting the timing and everything. But, um, when I first got to Montreal a few years ago and I started building my mentorship program, at the same time, I remember telling myself, I'm, I'm just going to say yes to whatever comes in. Let's try new things because I don't know what's next. I didn't want to dance, to be honest, didn't want to dance back up here in Montreal because it feels like I've done it 10 years ago. Been there, done that. Don't need to do it again. Like mm-hmm. no disrespect to anybody, but I've done it. So yeah. it didn't excite me as much. So I would, I choreograph, I would, you know, host a TV show, do this web series. Like I kind of said yes to a bunch of different things just to see 
do I hate it? Do I love it? You know, what do I love about it? Um, so it's nice. I've been narrowing down certain titles that I might, might not be like a hell yes for me. Yeah. Uh, Has mentor- anything stood out? Has anything stood out where you were like, I really love this and like maybe you didn't expect it? Uh, well, I, I did expect the mentorship to work well or to, to feel good. And, and it does, I really feel my ex as a mentor or coach or just like there to help and support. So that's going to continue for sure. And then public speaking has been something that I want to push more of. It's been really fun to just get on stage. And so far I've talked to mostly, I'd say either teens or, you know, younger, you know, college university or dancers, but it'd be cool to, to step it up and, or challenge myself and go in different category all in all and go to, I don't know, a woman empowerment event where I'm talking to women my age and let's, let's have a discussion here. Call me up when you get that call so I can join you. Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I was, so when it comes to the future, I'd like to push that a little bit more. Um, and then still staying open to what are my hell yeses They're They're not so clear dance wise. I wouldn't say I've hung up my shoes. I'm still willing to like try thing here and there audition here and there but it has to be something that's like wow in the yeah. in, in this industry I don't know if you guys ever bring this up or have talked about this but um we have the three p's in our industry so when someone is not sure should they say yes or no to a job we look at people payment and project hmm. so does the project excite me am I going to learn something new like what is this all about is it a yes cool uh, the payment is it's, you know, am I being paid well, my worth and everything or, or the people, are they someone I want to, you know, sh- shadow or, or, or learn from or get inspired by or have fun with. And so if you hit two of the three P's, usually you kind of go, you go for a yes. It's worth I it. I like that. I'm going to use that people payment project. Yeah. That's very relevant that that works. I guess we do it indirectly. Without realizing. Without yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, it's a nice little like rubric to follow because sometimes those check marks aren't getting ticked. And no. that, that's, a, that's a, also like a privilege that you get after working in any industry for a while is that you get to kind of like pick and choose what those projects are. And I guess you could be nitpicky from the beginning, but I think you learn a lot from the different opportunities too. I agree. So yeah. I think there's something in just saying yes and figuring it out to start. And then you can narrow it down and, and realize like who you really like to, the types of people or clients you really like to work with um, and then kind of like go from there. So Really cool. Absolutely. Really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at with dance. It has to, it has to hit two, even three P's for me to say yes. Yeah. I was gonna say when you said two out of the three, I was like, mm, I was expecting her to say all three. <laughs> yeah. So in general, I like, feel like Toronto- for me, I think it's all three. I feel yeah. like it would have to hit all three. Yeah. Personally. That's where I'm at for sure. In my career at this yeah. point, I'll tell my students, you know, try to get two out of three. You're starting out. Let's play. Let's see, you know. True. Because uh, sometimes maybe like the pay isn't as much as you'd like, but it's like worth the experience. So it kind of yes. balances out. I could see that. I could yeah. see that. I, I would think- actually probably do that too. If it was like a huge ass brand that was like, we want Nomad. I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. So lots of question marks in the future, but I'm excited to see where I land. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Kim, we always end our podcast with what I call the mindful minute. So it's really just, I mean, you've already shared so much advice, but a piece of advice that you would give from life, dance, whatever you want it to be to anyone listening for mm-hmm. them to take that they may not learn anywhere else. Ooh, I mean, maybe they've learned this somewhere else, but I would like to go to um, what's coming to mind first is being your best friend. 
being your cheerleader, being your best supporter. Mm. Um, I think it all stems from that whenever I'm asked like, oh, what are the keys to your success? Or how did you get to where you went? Of course, there's so many elements that are involved with that. But first and foremost, I think it's the work and it's a lifetime practice of just loving yourself, accepting your weaknesses and things that you'd want to change about yourself that you can't and betting on your strengths. So understanding what makes you unique loving yourself, complimenting yourself every day, even if you need a little post-it, a little, I remember listening to, um, um, uh, she's a therapist. Her name is Marissa Peer. And she talked about the, I am enough method that she has. And you tell yourself, I am enough every day aloud. So I wrote it in my mirror with a lipstick and every day for a year, I am enough. I am enough. And it's those little stories and Mm. words that we use that we tell ourselves, they make a huge difference. So if you're listening, you are enough. Give yourself that love. Start in the morning with an affirmation or something, some sort of compliment to yourself. And I think it'll make a big difference. I love it. Honestly, belief in yourself really does go a long way. Um, we didn't even get to this because I this was a question that I had prior, but you know what? This is not my last question. I have one more question for you yes. because we're we're talking about like like loving yourself, supporting yourself, believing in yourself. But you know, when you were 26 years old and you left to LA to pursue a career as a dancer, which is not something that's like traditional, let's say. Yeah. Did you have any like pushback? Did you feel supported? Because I'm sure some other people are making decisions, even if it's starting their own business, wanting to work for themselves. Not everyone really understands that. There's a lot of risk involved. Um, did you like, what was the, the feedback from like friends and family? Um, I'm knocking on wood cause I know it's not everyone's, uh, reality, but I definitely had a great support system. My sisters, my mom, my dad, like everyone is just like, yeah, go do you like jump and try it. If not come back, you always have a home and somewhere to yeah. stay. And that was definitely a blessing. Of course you hear, you know, the uncle and the, this and the <laughs> friend and the person at school that's like dancing, that's not a career. How much are you going to make, you know, um, or how long is it going to last? But you just have to like silent the noise and listen to yourself and, and, you know, follow your, your path. Yeah. So are you saying, are you telling everybody that you can make a living as a dancer? (laughs) Absolutely. I have never had another job, to be honest. As soon as I chose to dance, it was all in relation to, to dance. Of course, choreography, teaching, but it's all dance related. That's all I've done my entire life. Amazing. Okay, guys. So Kim has her professional dance career course. It's a six-week program that teaches you step-by-step strategies to take your dance career to a whole new level. Go check that out. Kim, where can they find more information about this course and about you? And also like follow her pages because she shares really sick content. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You'll definitely see me dancing around the world. (laughs) Um, I love to share those little snippets. But yes, my Instagram or TikTok handle is my full name. So Kim Shankra, that's G-I-N-G-R-A-S. And I actually have a brand new page. It's all dance related only. That's Kim Jengra Dance. And then my website is kimjengra.com. So just my full name everywhere. <laughs> That's another lesson, guys. If you have a personal brand and business, secure your domains. Yes. <laughs> all your handles, all your domains. I love that it's your full name. Amazing. Okay. Well, that's it, Kim. Guys, I hope so you much. enjoyed. Thank you. <laughs> I had so much fun. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I was fangirling over chatting with Kim and I'm so glad we finally made this happen. So we'll chat next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, a review would be much appreciated. This podcast is brought to you by Nomad Creative. Visit nomadcreative.com for all of your marketing, branding, and social media needs.